Hello, and welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast. My name is Tina Conroy. I am so grateful you are here. As a professional intuitive medium, Reiki master, and yoga teacher, my intention is to explore intuition so you can gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. I honor your spiritual growth. Thank you for listening. Today on the podcast, I have an exciting interview with Danielle Serenk, the Squamish Medium. We are calling it Coast to Coast Mediums Chat with Danielle and Tina, and we will be doing these conversations much more regularly. Danielle has been a guest on the podcast before. She had a fantastic idea to interview each other, one conversation, and it would go on my podcast where you're listening now, The Intuitive Woman and her podcast, Spirit School. How exciting. We love each other so much. We love talking medium, spiritual stuff, and all the woo. So continue to check us out on these interviews that you will hear more regularly. All of Danielle's information will be below. Her website, her Instagram information, and by the way, she loves to jam on Instagram. Go check her out, as well as her offerings. Enjoy. Have a beautiful day. Hey, Danielle, how are you doing today? Good. How are you, Tina? I'm good. It's uh, pretty funny that we finally hit record because I think we've been hanging out for about 30 minutes. I know. That's where all the uh, combo really happens, right? How are you? I miss you. I haven't talked to you for so long and I do honestly miss you. Oh my gosh, girl. I miss your energy so much. But you know what? I get to see you and I love you are out there doing Instagram, your jam. And I love checking out your stories and your lives and you're doing amazing. I could see you glowing through the screen. I know the listeners can't see that, but I know they can see your beautiful face on Instagram and all your social feed. Thank you. Yeah. I love Instagram. I was actually, I have a coach um, for social media stuff because I can't figure Facebook out for the life of me. And she helps me with like kind of the Facebook aspect, but I'm like, I don't know, just Instagram. I just feel totally myself in that space. Um, You know, I have like 2000 people who kind of engage with me at this point of the journey and they just make me feel so safe about expressing my opinions and expressing my spiritual philosophies and even kind of getting into more of my personal life. You know, I shared very recently that my cat got really sick and I get tons of DMs now, people asking about Bender. And it just kind of makes me feel like this like safe kind of friend container. That's kind of like, I just love Instagram. It's so much fun. Well, congratulations on your 2000 followers. That's a big milestone. I love that. And I know it's always... (laughs) My meme around that. I I saw your meme around that. I love your meme. What is it? Meme Monday, right? Virtual meme roundup Monday. Love it. But I have to, I don't think I've ever shared this with you, but you were my big inspiration to go towards Instagram. I was doing very, very little on Instagram prior to us meeting. And then I was so comfortable on Facebook. I had been on Facebook. I had a Facebook group since 2014, doing Live at Five, probably since then. And Instagram was scary. And you've been my inspiration because it, you made it seem easy and fun and connected and I love all your stories. And, and so, yeah, so I feel a little bit more and more comfortable with it. So I, I probably never told you that. So thank you. Oh, 
No, I love that. And the thing, I grew my account very slowly, like over three years, it took me to even get my first 2000, but I did it in a very um, purposeful way, like a very intentional way. Um, you know, I had opportunities to grow it faster, but I was like, no, no, I just, I just want to attract the right people to my account. And I think that that's been uh, a really cool way to kind of build my confidence in sharing my voice and sharing my spiritual philosophies, which are not always popular and kind of getting the people around me who are like, thank you. Like that's very refreshing perspective. And just having the few people at the beginning reach out to me and tell me that they're resonating with what I was saying helped me kind of like build my confidence slowly as the the people were coming. So um, with Facebook, it's funny, like even just taking spiritual meme roundup Mondays, on Instagram, I mean, they're a hit, right? Like people just say, I know what day of the week it is. Thanks to your memes. Um, they're just kind of like lighthearted. But if I share it to Facebook, it's crickets, like zero engagement, zero likes. I'm just like, okay, <laughs> is the audience that different between the two platforms? So I'm kind of like having fun experimenting with it all and just kind of like feeling into it. But Instagram's always felt like a little bit at home for me. Yeah. And you know what? It's as you were speaking, I think that it is very different. And I think that when you get to know your audience and you get to know your your people and where they hang out, that's where you want to be. Like I remember years ago being on Twitter, being on Instagram a little bit and being on Facebook and Twitter never resonated with me, but I was pushing it out, pushing it out here and there like, okay, I think I should tweet this. I don't know what a tweet is. And then LinkedIn, I know I want to do, I have a, I do have a small presence, but that again is another thing. Mm -hmm. But I started realizing, I think like you is where are my people hanging out? And then there was, and I'm older than you. <laughs> so Hardly. I, well, you know, I, I am. And so I noticed that there were people, women, cause that's my ideal client. There were women hanging on Instagram that were never on Facebook. And I was like, wait a minute. I just assumed if you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram. Well, that's not true. So mm. it's been interesting to me because I'll put something up or I'll announce something and I'll get a DM on Instagram and I'm not getting that same DM on Facebook. So it's, it's, it's really, it's kind of cool. But we, I think it's the energy and the synergy of knowing our, our listeners, like a podcast, because we're podcasters, right? So knowing the listeners and knowing our community. And then there's always the tweaking. I think what you do great, what I love about is getting involved with your community, asking the questions, probing the questions. You know, even yesterday I saw you are asking that we're doing this interview. So what questions do you want to ask? And I did the same thing on Instagram, but not on Facebook. So yeah, I just, I just love your approach. And one more thing, I could say a lot about this, but one of the things you say, and I think I, I've said all the time is you got to do it scared. If I, I would not be doing what I'm doing. I would not be podcasting for five years if I didn't wait. Because it's like, my other one is do it scared and done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, I've been kind of guided towards from spirit towards coaching people through fear. That's kind of my jam lately, because you know, my journey, we've known each other while I've overcome a lot of fear in the past two years, not even just starting the podcast and really kind of exercising my voice um, and kind of showing up for spirit and sharing the philosophies, which again, are a little bit more cutting edge, not necessarily what the people who 
uh, mentored me are saying. And so I've always had like a lot of fear around that. And then of course, you know, leaving corporate and pursuing my dream and my passions full time with kids, with the mortgage, like really doing it scared and kind of healing the limiting beliefs and healing the pieces of myself and the past versions of myself that just never felt worthy of living a big life and never felt like worthy of being abundant in doing what I love and what I feel actually drawn to. So in saying that, you know, I did work in corporate and I worked with motorsports teams all my adult life. And I have been feeling the calling to hit up LinkedIn because I think I have a lot to offer, even like the corporate world when it comes to, you know, you can still be in corporate and follow your dreams. You can, you can do both and you can have it all. And I don't think our purpose is necessarily tied to how we make our living, right? I truly think our purpose is to experience joy, remember joy, um, kind of heal, get over our stuff, like live an expansive, loving, joyful experience. And so it's funny you bring up LinkedIn because all week I've been like, oh, I have a LinkedIn profile and um, I just need to kind of get out there and kind of share my philosophies because I can actually see myself sitting in a boardroom of people saying, you know, I think you're projecting because you're scared. And I feel like a lot of the unhealthy relationships I saw in corporate were because of a wounded child aspect and, and these like worthiness issues and trying to make yourself bigger and then creating a little bit of chaos and conflict all around you. So there's a lot of healing to be done in that corporate world too. So I have been feeling like a little bit called to go towards LinkedIn for that. Well, there was your message right there. So that that message came in clearly, right? I brought up LinkedIn. You're like, I've been thinking of that. So I have all week, all week. And my old CEO actually reached out to me on LinkedIn this week um, to ask me to be part of a project that he's working on. And I'm like... I'm like, I need to get on LinkedIn. I'm like, look at these opportunities I could have um, that are, you know, outside of what I kind of do now. And I love new things. I love that's getting over the fear and doing it anyways. It's just like, I don't know this very well, but I kind of want to get into it because it's obviously something that's in my awareness now. So let's do it. Let's figure it out. Right. You know, it kind of segues into a question as you're, as you're talking, I want to say, because due to this, due to COVID and the pandemic, I think that the lines are blurry now. And I think this is a good thing between the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world. If anything, it's broken down the barriers that we are wasting. A lot of people were wasting time commuting or whatever. And now a lot of the jobs can be done at home. And so therefore... All the jobs can be done at home. Exactly. Almost all of them. Like unless you're a nurse and you need to go to the doctor, a few things. But yes, majority and absolutely, you're absolutely right, can be done at home. So what happens to that paradigm? Oh, what about all that office office space? What about those hours punching in? What about this? What about that? And so I have seen a huge shift. And you know, I went from entrepreneurial contractor many years to, to big corporation, although this big corporation is what I do. So that's like a really interesting thing. They don't, they had to actually make a title for me, which is so cool. But and I'm very proud of that because I didn't go to corporate and leave everything I'm doing. They have accepted me as a medium and an intuitive and a Reiki master and a Reiki teacher and yoga teacher. And to get paid that I've been doing this kind of piecemealing it all together. But I segued a little. I've seen that we are now in this shift in paradigm that the corporations aren't going to look the same. And they're going to need, they're going to need Danielle Serang, right? They're going to need her because you need to break down those barriers of fear because it doesn't look the same now. 
It doesn't. And it's, you're not going to get all these people back to their desks. This was the hard thing. Like I was working in a corporation and an organization that I felt incredibly tied to their purpose and their mission statement. They helped heal years of in trauma in Indigenous people, which reflected in health outcomes. And I worked at a community level. So I was very passionate about the work done there, but I'm like sitting there at a desk all day and I have all these passions outside of this. And I was like, I, I'm 11 hours door to door here. I'm like, I have no time or energy for anything else. And I don't feel like you're going to successfully get all these people back to their desks for eight hours a day. And I think that what it comes down to is trust. People before this did not trust their employees. And I had an experience too, when I was in human resources, I was the only working mom of like 40 people. And our, our VP at the time said, I call bullshit on working moms actually getting work done at home. I'm like, excuse me. I'm like, we work harder because we have to prove ourselves against stereotypes and mindsets like that. That's why we're working twice as hard as people who don't have kids at home. We have mouths to feed. Like I was so upset and it really, really showed me the lack of trust in the corporate world with one another and with employees. So now there was no choice, but to lean into trust. And I've even seen a lot of control happen for people who are working at home. You need to do a presentation every day. Like you need to, you know what I mean? And I think that's really what it boils down to is trust. Yeah. I love that. How do you feel the trust within this, this like mindset that's kind of been, you know, since the industrial revolution really is when we first started kind of getting into desks and the men and like punching in. And it's like, you know, how do we heal, um, heal those old wounds and then kind of like reestablish trust with one another. Like, I want to be here, but I don't want to be here if you don't trust me. Yeah. I also think that we, we talked it about before about time, but it's also about letting go of the hustle you know, letting go of the hustle. I don't like that word, the hustle. I like the hustle, the song. That's a long time ago. But um, <laughs> you don't know that one? Oh, see, I am so much older than you. No, um, I listen to instrumental music or Tupac. I'm okay, like, okay. No, I mean, hustle was in the 60s, but I actually did dance it and I still like to. So um, I, I'm hearing it now in my head now, but I will not sing it because I'm not a good singer. <laughs> um, that's it. Like spirit, my, now my spirit guide's like, do, 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 do. the song you're talking Okay, that's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you guys. But the, what I was going with is I don't like that word, the hustle. And can you work smarter, not harder? And I think that's another, it's been happening, but like now it's like, we're here, we're in it. We are absolutely in it. We are absolutely in it. Can you imagine like even just like the environmental carbon imprint if we didn't have to send everybody to these office towers every day, right? I mean, there's so many benefits to leaning into trust to kind of like healing these old wounds and getting people into this mindset of like, just do your work. And I've had two bosses in my life that basically said, Daniel, I know your mom, you do what you need to do. Leave early, come late. I just want the work to be done. So I've actually experienced a lot of trust in the corporate world. And I've actually seen how that made me a more loyal, a more present employee because I could condense what they expect me to get done in eight hours into two or three and like really kind of like push it out. And luckily that's what the metrics were based off of when it came to like performance reviews and stuff like that. So I've seen the really um, good side of corporate as well as, you know, the not so good side, the interdisciplinary disciplinary kind of personalities that come up and again, the projecting from our internal wounds. And so I think like people like us need to be 
at some level in these systems so that we can kind of like ignite change. And so that's a come like I left corporate and I'm so happy I did. And my life is complete magic. Like I feel like I'm a unicorn on a rainbow every day. I'm just like, Oh my God, I don't have to do anything today. And I'm still like getting bookings and I'm still like have business coming in. I'm like, how, like, how does this work? And so I'm really into right now the entrepreneurial spirit and like energy and business. And I'm like, just so thirsty for more knowledge with this, but I do feel the calling to come in as a voice of a survivor of the corporate world um, to kind of like bring some sort of inspiration. Like you don't have to do it like this. Like things can be done differently and things won't fall apart. Right. So good. So good. And I, I love that. And I know your entrepreneurial journey has been, you know, a hard one coming, but now that you're in it, it's, it's just been amazing. And I, I could see like the unicorns and rainbows. I love that. But one of the things that's coming to mind as you're speaking is, you know, uh, allowing yourself to, let's talk a little bit about that. Like how, but I ask people ask this to me all the time. So I'm just going to ask it to you and I don't have the answer. So people will say, well, what's the f- favorite thing that you do? Cause I, you know, I do wear a lot. And so we're like, Oh, you wear so many hats. You got narrowed down to one. And that's always been the thing. Any business coach I've had, what's one thing you do. And I'm like, no, I just don't do one thing. I don't do one thing. I do an umbrella under it. And maybe I do too much for other people, but for me, it works. But if I asked you like, what is the one thing that you do you know, teaching, readings, like whatever that you, if, if you had to pick one, what's your favorite or can you, mm-hmm. is it like a baby? <laughs> it's teaching. You know, I, I told my therapist last week, I said, you know, I, I set this intention out and it took fruition within the next day. Cause I'd never said this before. And I got to tell you, it was a phenomenal experience for me where I told her, I said, you know, I'm a good medium. I'm a great teacher. And I want to be the teacher that people travel to, to come and learn from. I don't want to be famous. I don't care if I have the swipe up, like, cause I make very good income with only 2000 followers and all my business comes from Instagram. I don't think that these vanity metrics have any sway on our value as teachers or light workers or spirit workers. I've let go of the vanity metrics completely because they just are another barrier that we have to kind of like work through. But I love teaching. Nothing lights me up more than sitting with someone who is divinely connected and helping them work through the not enoughness. And because I've experienced it all myself, I'm able to walk people through it. And most people who leave my mentorship programs have paying clients at the end. They go from being so scared in the closet to having a spiritual practice, whether it's on the side, full-time, whatever their heart desires. I don't push people either way. I actually am a big advocate. You can do both. You can 100% do both. But there will come a point in time where you are all of a sudden on this path of joy and you just want more of it. So it's like, you have to decide how you want to live your life. And because, you know, I'm an end of life doula as well. And I work with mortality, not just through mediumship and my end of life doula work, but I always know that when we get to the end, it's us and our thoughts, it's our memories, it's how we've lived our life that really um, we sit with at the end. And so you really have to choose how you want to live your life. And that's what you're going to carry with you. Um, at the end into the the afterworld, right? So um, I love walking people through their fears and their limiting beliefs and letting them live the most expansive life ever. And that is done through mentoring, not readings. Yeah. You know what? That's where we really align because I'm in my flow 
I guess, the most is teaching. And so Mm -hmm. my teaching has a few different levels. So I, you know, I teach Reiki and, you know, I teach the different Reiki levels. When I'm teaching Reiki or I'm mentoring my intuitive coaching students, or I do like mentorship. So I do different, different types of mentorship, but we'll just call it all teaching. That's what lights me up. And I see, and you'll always know, and I'm sure you have the same thing. I have have a woman that comes in and maybe she'll do a reading and then she'll do the four-week coaching course. And then she'll do the 90-day mentorship course. And, you know, blah, blah, you know. So when you see recurring, when people want to come back, you know that they're learning more and you can see the transformation. I can literally, I have a couple people in my mind that I have from where they started to where they are, it's been amazing. And it's not just that they've learned particular things, just their, their inner knowing, their inner journey. That's what it is. It's not about learning new things. It's like learning them uh, about themselves because the yeah. journey is themselves. And especially when I teach Reiki One, which I love teaching, it's all about yourself. It's self-care, self-Reiki. And so that I see that it's the, the lights open up, the eyes open up and they they go through the energy of running their own energy and taking care of themselves. And so I think that's where you and I really connect because that's, that's what lights me up as well. I love doing readings that lights me up. Um, I love teaching yoga, different, different energy, but I love teaching and I love Mm -hmm. mentoring because that truly is, um, I feel like that's my life calling, you know, it's my Dharma. And so that's what I want to do more of. Yeah. hundred percent. I know one day we'll do a retreat together because yes. you're a retreat queen. I've never done one, but yes. Like, yes. We'll and we had to, uh, we had to, um, my sister and I had to obviously cancel, uh, the last one. So fingers crossed for 2021. So we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll definitely have to do something together with that, but, uh, I agree. And, you know, it's like when you're in spirit, like you're inspired, it's like, you can't even contain the energy. Like, and I chase that feeling. It's a bit of a selfish thing too, because I receive healing when I'm in that space, when I'm helping someone else, my heart can't even like contain within this body. And I get covered in shivers. My crown just, it's like this, um, multi-sensory experience that I get. I'm like more of that, please. How do I get more of that? So when I teach, it's also very rewarding for me as a human who's healing and more often than not, the people that are aligned to work with us, we've walked recently through what they're experiencing. That's the only way that we can teach it or why they would be aligned to work with us. And so, you know, spirit being so intelligent, they'll always heal two people at once if they can. So I feel truly like I'm receiving healing as I'm doing this work on behalf of spirit as well. Oh, absolutely. I always say that in any of the areas that I teach is that I may sit, be sitting on this side of the room or this side of the computer, but I'm just the facilitator and I'm learning just as much as you. I'm not in a higher box. I'm not on a pedestal. Don't put me on one. You know, I always say, right, if you, if you meet any spiritual teacher and they say their way is the way, run the other way. <laughs> we know that. So yeah. Definitely. So let me ask you something then, because this is one of the most common things that I receive from people because I'm, you know, my title is Squamish medium. I'm Squamish, but almost like 99% of my business is international now, like because of the podcast and stuff. So I have people like bite me hand tooth and nail for the in-person versus like online. So with like your teaching and mentoring, because almost 
all my mentoring is done online and always has been um, because it's more local people that just kind of like want the readings, right? So what do you say about like the energy difference between doing something in person, even Reiki teaching versus um, in person versus online? Yeah. So I do both. Obviously with COVID, it's been all online. But I've been teaching Reiki online for a few years. It's been a one-on-one mentorship. So it's been like a 90-day mentorship. And they've I've had clients in San Francisco, you know, kind of all over. Energy is energy. And mm-hmm. so I like both. I can't say that I only like this or only like that. There is something about putting a classroom together and, you know, having all their manuals, like little teacher, I like to put them all out and have little snacks. Um, you know, I'm big snacks. I'm Italian. So everybody has to have food. <laughs> and it's true. I'm always like, who's, what are we having for snack? I'm like and, Ms. Pollock over here. <laughs> <laughs> and have the whiteboard and the magic markers and all that stuff. So I like that. You know, I like having it all nice and pretty and physically having the space. Um, but I also love doing it online. And, and I feel that the, energies, the, the energy is just as good. So some people will say, oh, well, this will be the other thing I get. Uh, I want to do a reading with you in person. I don't want to do it on... I don't think it's going to work. And I'm like, no, no. It's going to work just as just as good. Matter of fact, sometimes I feel like the readings, especially the readings, are even better because mm-hmm. there's no... There's no... Like, I can maybe see the body language. I don't look at the person anyway. Um, and I just... It's different. You know, I'm just... It just feels different. And I and I feel that people are coming to that more and more. Um, okay. So yeah, I would say that I like both, but it's... For me, it's just as powerful and it's just as good. I think it's a perception thing. I think it's for people and it's a perception thing. Just like people prior to March, whatever date, March 15th, nobody knew what Zoom was. Now everybody knows what Zoom is. So, you know, that's it too. So I think once we change the perception and break down the barriers, people will will be able to accept it more. Now I will say, I have my very first group, Reiki 2, virtually. So I've never done a group mm-hmm. virtual Reiki 2. And it's it could be any, you know, anyone can join. Now they have had to do Reiki 1 to do Reiki 2, right? The reason I'm doing Reiki 2 first, I got a lot of those questions, is because I was supposed to do a Reiki 2 in April. It had to be obviously uh, moved. So I said, let me do Reiki 2. And then for the people that missed it, and if they're open to virtually. Now I had about only eight people in that class. It was a small class. Not all are going to do it virtually because they're not comfortable, but I have so many more people around the world that are asking that fits into their schedule. So I'll let you know, but I've been doing it one-on-one. It's going to be great. I figured out breakout rooms. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to be able to share my screen. I'm excited. I'm a techie. You know, I love tech. So I, anything I can learn, it's been exciting. Yeah, that's what I've enjoyed mostly about my classes because I've been teaching like spirit circles and development circles for four years now. And um, I've always done them in person. And the first one I did online was my Claire's course. Like I did the um, the four main Claire's. I did this like a four week journey through the Claire's. Each class was like an hour and a half exercises, but I got to do a presentation. And even when I was in corporate, you were not getting me to do a PowerPoint. I would never do them ever, ever, ever. And hitting up Canva for like a presentation and then it's not like this talking head. Um, I got so creative. It was such a cool way to kind of like 
you know, synthesize all the knowledge that I have. And then just being able to like speak to it as a teacher at the time. Um, it was so cool. It was so much fun. I was like, man, it's going to be hard if I choose to do like in-person stuff again, going back to the way it was, because it was like, it was like 2d versus 3d like experience. So I really enjoyed doing it online and I'm doing way more stuff online now. And I have, um, six people waiting for readings in person, but I'm actually thinking about going fully online once I do those six that I had postponed because of COVID. Because it's like, you know, I do things in my house and it's just added energy and pressure expended to, and have two little kids, three and six, getting my house ready, having people in my house. And it's, it's quite an experience um, for me. And it's just so much better online. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I will say you know, as you were speaking though, I will say that I think that some things translate really well online. I will say that yoga, because you know, I've been teaching a lot of yoga since the whole uh, pandemic. Yoga is great online and I'm so glad we have it, but nothing will take it in person. So I do miss, I really truly miss having a class in front of me. I miss having the people in front of me and having the bodies in front of me. You know, I'm so used to teaching and seeing their bodies and and feeling their energy. And not that I can't feel it through the screen, but what's what happens in Zoom when you teach yoga is you have this screen and all little pictures and you're way back doing the yoga. So I mm-hmm. can't really see what they're doing. And I'm not going to single out and say, Danielle, move your shoulder or something like right. that. So Correct. I'm missing, I'm craving that human connection. Um, and I And it will be a long time because we won't be able to assist people. You know, I can't actually do a hands-on you know, if I had to move people and stuff, but I'm missing my classes. I'm missing those physical classes that I miss. And I feel sad when I say it because it's been a long time and I'm ready for the studio to open and I'm ready to have classes. I don't know how that will work and when it will be, hopefully mid-July, there'll be a lot of regulations and so forth, but that I'm ready for. And that I don't think no matter how many classes and no matter how many Zoom and no matter how much YouTube for yoga, at least, I think you it's, it's you need a person there. It's good here and there, but I think that's the one thing that I don't think translates so good. So. For me, I really, because I only did two events before COVID, my two large group reading events. And I mean, that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. And I am so glad I listened to my astrologer and just went and did them because I got to enter COVID lockdown saying, okay, I did it and I missed them. And so those are things that I'm going to definitely get back to in person and live is, you know, this 30 person kind of like group reading events, because I've never experienced energy like that in my life. And I'm just like craving it. Nothing compares to it. So I will definitely be doing more of those. And you do online ones. I haven't done an online one. I've done, um, um, yeah, I've done small group, like small group in someone's home and connected with, uh, you know, a connection. And I haven't done like a dem. I haven't done what you've done. I haven't done like 30, 40 or 50 people um, where not everybody got a reading, you know, where I didn't go indirect. So it was just sort of open. I am inspiring to do that. So I've done group readings um, with other mediums and everyone's getting a reading. So they're getting like seven, eight minutes of reading. But I, I'm, my next step really is to do more of a dem, a demonstration. I would be entertained to do it on Zoom and open it up where everybody... Or double up, like double link or something. Maybe, maybe we should be doing that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want to do an event together. We talked about to do that. We did. But I do. I love being... I, 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 
I still always see myself sort of on stage in that physical presence of doing it. And I don't, I'm not talking like a hundred people. I mean, I'm not saying no universe, but you know, like it'd be nice to be in the energy of that because I, even when I would do a small group and there was five or six people, I felt that energy and I loved it. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'd like to do that. You know, it was funny. I've never told this story, but I, for the first six years of my practice, I was one-on-one. That's it. I never did groups, never did two times I had somebody surprise me and bring in a second person. So there's like two people. Um, but that only happened twice in six years. And about a week before, if your audience knows soul shine astrology, like Natalie, she's an amazing astrologer. And I got one of her last one-on-one readings and like two days before the reading, I had this dream and I don't dream very much, but I was like 50. I had short hair again. And I was standing on a stage in front of people and all I could see was behind me with these lights. I remember waking up saying, Spirit, you got the wrong girl. I'm like, I get stage fright. I am terrified. Um, That will never be me. And then two days later, I had my astrology reading with Natalie and everything on my chart indicates me working in large groups and large audiences. I was like, well, that's funny because I am known to do one-on-one right? That's all I ever do is one-on-one other than my little development circles, which I never accepted more than eight at once um, because I do get stage fright. And she was the one who said, well, you know, I just kind of do it scared. So she picked for me the full moon in Leo, which was February 5th or 8th. And she's like, do it full moon in Leo, sign it up. And I opened up the event and it sold out in one day. I was like, okay, we're doing this. And that was the scariest thing I've ever done And so I keep thinking about that vision because I don't have a desire to be famous. Like I don't want a TV show. Um, I'm a very personal person and I'm very introverted actually. So I like being alone every opportunity I can get. And um, so it was kind of fascinating that that all kind of happened at once. And then now all my work is almost group stuff. It's fascinating um, how quickly that shift happens when you realize it's in you. You're like, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I think, you know, it's always, I don't know, it's such an evolution. I love the healing process, but yeah. So do you want to share a little bit before I know we've been chatting a bit, but do you want to share a little bit about your mentorship and your programs and just kind of like let everybody know because you'll have my listeners and it's going to be so cool. I love this idea of, you know, being on yours and being on mine at the same time and having like the same... Sh- it's such a good idea. I love this it idea. Is. I love it. We should do yeah. this more regularly. Yes, yeah, so we got to do it more um, often, then, like on a regular. I think so too. And I have a couple of questions from my um, Facebook group too for you. So I'll quickly talk about that. And I'm going to do this episode on my podcast called like the first hundred days of full-time spiritual entrepreneurship. Cause I've been kind of like documenting everything, my mindset, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. Cause I came from being salaried since I was 17 to having to make my own income. And it's been a phenomenal experience for me, highs and lows. And um, so I started developing these programs. This kind of started with the Claire's course. I just had this idea and I said, okay, who wants to learn about the Claire's, the spirit, the language of spirit. And this is kind of what I've always been known to teach is the finer details. I'm a Virgo son. So I get really detailed about how I receive spirits information and how I relay it through the language of spirit. So I ended up having over 40 people sign up within a day for that program. And it was live at the time. And then I've translated that course into what is now known as 
spirit school. So it's myspiritschool.com. You can purchase the course. It's like, you know, over seven hours of live teaching with over 20 exercises on how to kind of like build these intuitive muscles. It's really aimed at getting you confident and clear and connected with your own spirit's language because it's different for everybody. I've had phenomenal feedback from people who have taken that course. Um, so my spirit school has that course also has my moon course, which is live your life by the magic of the moon. And then just like a little PDF, um, with video on your most intuitive week, kind of tracking your intuition throughout the week. And it's really aimed to show you and prove to you like, yeah, you are intuitive. A lot of people question that. And it's so funny to me that people question that. And then I, so spirit school was actually what I would consider to be the flop of my career so far, because I put so much effort to it. I actually got a a woman's entrepreneur grant to launch it because it's quite expensive to create an online school. But when I built it, people did not come, but I get like sales here or there, but I'm really kind of seeing now that people really want the live um, aspect of the teachings, which I always listen to the people I serve. So a few weeks ago, I launched what's called the initiation and it's a six week mediumship and spiritual entrepreneurship journey. So it's three life classes, it's two one-on-one coaching calls. It's three group coaching calls and a spirit circle every week. It's like mediumship development boot camp, And then there's an aspect at the end, because I don't want people, what I was never taught and where I feel like people have a lot of questions about was like, okay, so how do I get clients? How do I get people to sit in front of me? How do I price this? Um, how do I market myself? And in a spiritual way, in a way that's totally in line with your integrity and, you know, because we, we have a lot of guilt, um, being spiritual workers on pricing ourselves and advertising ourselves. And that's a wound that just needs to be healed. So there'll be an aspect of the course, um, for that. So that's full It's sold out in four days and I will be launching again in October. So I'm going to end up launching that program every or twice a year. Um, so if you want to get on the wait list for that, you can go to Squamish Medium on Instagram. There's a link in my bio to get on the wait list for the initiation. Um, fall 2020. And other than that, I'm just doing readings and mentorship. I have a three month mentorship program. Um, I'm booked until August and I don't even have August up yet. Cause I can't think that far ahead. Wow. So it's, been, it's been pretty phenomenal. It's like the second I opened up my doors and told the world, okay, I'm doing this full time. Like I have just like booked out like crazy and getting mentorship clients all the time for the three month mentorship program, which is six, um, one-on-ones over three months and then 24 seven Voxer access to me for the stuff that comes up in between, um, with a little bit of an intuitive astrology session in there as well. So, um, it's been fun. I've received some, some pretty like cool clients that, you know, are professional have like books, um, one even has like a t-shirt. Like it's crazy the people who are attracted to work with me because what people like about the way I teach is that I teach very vulnerably. I talk about the stuff many people are not talking about, the insecurities that come up, the I'm not enoughness, the bad readings, the the doubt. And so because I talk openly about my journey through all that, I have this like caliber of people who are attracted to work with me. Um, because I get down to the dirty stuff that no one wants to talk about, right? Yep, yep. Well, you know, you're down to earth. And I think that's why you and I connected so well when we met. Because I, you know, we can be in the woo and be in the woo, but we're we're really you know, I'm a Capricorn. So I'm very earthy, you know, very gold. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and so I can re- I 
I relate. And I think that's the biggest feedback I get from my students is that I'm relatable, right? Mm -hmm. And I have my ups and downs and I'm not going to tell you everything's perfect and glamorous. And, you know, I know it all because Lord knows I don't. And so I'm always, and I'm always learning. And I think that's always the thing. I'm always going to be learning something. You know, I'm always, I'm always picking up another book. Like my poor bookshelf, it's like, can I just read something else that's like a fantasy? It's like everything, everything in there is like Reiki and energy and, you know, mediumship or I don't know, all those things, but I love them. So I love that. So when someone's like, don't you want to read a romance novel? I'm like, no. Why would yeah, I want to read we're that? We're not surface people, right? Surface yeah. doesn't get us. We need deeper, meaningful. So true. So true. I love it. I just, I love it. And so, um, you know, I'll put all your information in my show notes and this way, yeah. your, your website, your Instagram link, um, the podcast link and all that. So that'd be awesome. And I want to know more about you for the spirit school listeners too. I've had you on before and people loved our episode together. Thank you. So I would love to know more too for, for the spirit school listeners, like how you show up in the world, how you serve the world of spirit. And one of the questions in relation to that, that I received on the um, Facebook group page for spirit school was how do you like message all these offerings? How do you balance them? Like I know for me, scheduling, even in person, online mediumship readings, like I feel like a scientist half the time. So like, what does this look like for you? (laughs) Somebody who's been doing it. Yeah. You know, I don't, it seems it's so easy for me. It's so easy. I know this. I don't, I wish I had this like really amazing answer, but it's so easy for me. I think because I started out in the yoga world and I, listen, I used to teach 14 yoga classes a week. Oh my God. I used to draw, yeah, 14 classes a week and drive to five different studios and then rent space for Reiki and readings and then do a Reiki, like all this stuff. But I, I love to be, I love to be busy, but not busy to be busy. You know, like I love, I love, I love doing different things. I think this is the other thing. It's going to go back to yoga for a second. So when I was teaching yoga, there was a certain lineages that you could take. So if I studied this person or this person, I had to stay in that line and I don't like lines. Mm. So I'm a rule, but I am a rule follower. So I'm not a rule breaker, but if someone said you can only teach this kind of yoga for the rest of your life, it was like, (gasps) So I teach vinyasa and I teach alignment and I'm a smorgasbord of yoga person. And that's not really always the case in yoga. Usually you take a shtanga, you take a yengar, you, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's been my life. I was a dancer. I'm creative that way in the physical body. And so that's sort of how my path has been. I know that there's a structure. So non-pandemic days, I teach Monday night, Tuesday, and Saturday. That's the yoga. And then my office hours are were Tuesday and Thursday. You know, so so but now I just shifted a little bit. So I think it's like I'm gonna this is my analogy. When I do a reading, first of all, I never go up to anybody and give information. I disagree with all of that. So when I'm gonna show up for spirit, I work for spirit, I say the same thing you do. I put on my spirit hat. You know, I, I call it my imaginary spirit hat. Or I love putting the sign out and say, you know, spirit is here, you know, ready to readers here, readers in. Mm-hmm. That's like my sign in my head. Um, and then I show up for spirit and I work with spirit. So it's the same way. So whatever I'm doing, whatever, if it's yoga, I show up for spirit in that way. If I'm reading, I show up with spirit. I work with spirit there. If it's Reiki, I work with the energy and show up with spirit and work with spirit there. So it's making the conscious effort to show up in the, in the situations that, you, that I can. Now I have learned the hard way that I can't overdo anything. So I don't like to see 
this is virtually or in person. I don't like to see more than four Reiki clients a day. That's a lot for me. So if I'm seeing four Reiki clients a day, you know, that could be with a reading or without a reading. So I, I have my limit and I've only learned that the hard way. But I think it's just like reading. I prepare to do a reading. I work with spirit. I show up with spirit. And when it's over, I move on. I go to the next thing. I go to the next thing. And that's that's how I do it. So like last week, I had three three readings in a week and a Reiki session and four yoga classes and who knows what else. This week, I had one reading. Mm-hmm. and one Reiki and two Reiki sessions and four yoga classes. And that's great. So it's okay. Like spirit will give me what I need. And, and yeah. I, I know it's nothing fancy, but that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. I, I set my schedule up. Like I only work because I left corporate so that I don't have to work that hard anymore ever again. And so like I have my day set up where I do three days of sessions. The first session of the day is always a reading. And then the other two are mentorship. Um, just because more people want mentorship for me than reading. So I just have it set up um, between that balance and it's worked out pretty good. Once in a while, um, spirit will just say, just do two that day. And it's funny because every time that happens, something will come up the week before that somebody has to reschedule or I have to reschedule. And then I have that space. So I'm rarely exceeding that three sessions a day. Um, Yeah. Because I just want more time to do other stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And you know what? Like it's a beautiful Friday here in New York and the sun is shining and we can finally eat outside restaurants. That's like huge. Mm -hmm. So I might take a drive to the beach. I'm only 25, 30 minutes from the beach. So this gives me the opportunity, especially I'm kind of enjoying this understanding of where we are and kind of transitioning into, you know, the pandemic and changing all these things. So I'm really grateful for that. And so it's shown me a lot too that you know, how I work and how I want to work. I used to be the person. I used to be the person, even entrepreneurial. It was like, if someone was like, I, I want a reading, I'd be like, okay, I want to, I need to see you for Reiki. I, I need, I need to see you for Reiki. I need to see you for reading. I'd be like, okay, tonight at seven o'clock. Can I, can I see you tonight at seven o'clock? I was like, yes, because I wasn't really doing anything. Cause I said in my mind, I wasn't really doing anything at seven o'clock. So I might as well see them. Mm-hmm. And, but it was that dollar for hour mentality. And I stopped that a while ago because it was burning me out. And I wasn't, I need to turn off. I need to turn off. I can't be, I can't be that person all the time. So I, you know, you learn the hard way, but yeah. So yeah, no, that's something like I've always been really boundaried with. Um, It's like, here's my schedule. The people who are literally drawn to get those readings will get them. Right. And I just trust that kind of like divine planning and that divine alignment. Yeah. Um, I don't get very many messages like that, but maybe just energetically, people just know I'm not open to it. <laughs> yeah. I get a lot. I get a, you know what? I think with Reiki, sometimes it can feel, um, matter of fact, I, there's a lot of, um, how do I put it? Like a, like a need or like they know that I'm not doing it. They understand that. But especially with this, there's been a lot of anxiety. There's been a lot of depression. And it's like, oh my, when are you going to, when are you going to open up? And I'm like, it's okay. You know, like, so I, there is a, there's like this, uh, it's like an urgency. And I always have to, I have a lot of people that have urgency, especially in that arena, because it helps them and it soothes them, but it's like a pacifier. So now that we've been in the pandemic, they haven't been the ones that have wanted to do distant healing. They just haven't connected um, because they have such high levels of anxiety, which I understand. I'm like, it's okay. It's, we're going to go back. Don't worry. Um, and they're learning their own course, kind of doing what they need to do. Um, 
But yeah, so I do. I do sometimes get these messages and I don't respond now. I used to have to, resp- I would respond. Like what was, I'd be sitting on the couch with my husband or my kids and I'm like, oh no, it's okay. Okay, just breathe through it. You'll be mm-hmm. okay. I'll see you tomorrow. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, uh, that's not right. So anyway. you Yeah, no, that's good for people to know because everyone who's drawn to be a light worker will have to overcome their own people pleasing journey because we step into this work because we want to help. And we think that we'll be struck with lightning if we decide not to help in that moment. And that's just something we all have to get over in our own way. My people pleasing that made me sick was not so much that it was around if the person didn't have an amazing experience, I beat myself up for a long time. And most of the time I was perceiving that they didn't have a good experience. And then they ended up rebooking. I'm like, oh, you liked it. Man, I just like spent six months ruminating that I bombed this session. And so I had to get over the fear of and being way too attached to the outcome of the sitter's experience. That was my people pleasing. And it did make me sick and it made me... um, And I mean physically ill because I'm so clairsentient. I wear my anxiety through headaches, through Mm. heart palpitations, through nausea. And um, I just had to kind of let it go and just say, I did the best I could today. I hope I made you proud spirit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think what saves me with the Reiki energy is that I'm not as, I don't consider myself as clairsentient. So I don't, because a lot of people are like, oh, I do Reiki. And then and which, there's another whole thing to go with that. Like, I don't, people come to me like, I have an entity. I have this. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. This is not the movies. And this is not your ghost and your entity and you don't have attachments. So yeah. like, that's another whole topic we can go to because people are like, what do you mean? I'm like, no, it's not real. And they're like, but it is because my spiritual teacher told me I have an entity in a, bl- in a black... I'm like, oh gosh, like that is dark, dark energy that you're just... Perf- if you if it said, if you want to see it, you'll see it. So if you, you choose to see that, you'll keep seeing that. But if mm. you choose to see this, you'll keep seeing... You know, anyway, don't get me going on that. Um, There's a whole other topic. A whole other topic yeah. about ghosts and entities and connections to energies and all these weird things that they want me to take away. Um, yeah, it's like, I'm like, I'm not... No, that doesn't work like that. Um, but what was I saying now? <laughs> I was Ooh. saying something about Reiki and... Uh, Attachments. Like um, attaching oh. to the outcome of the center. Yeah. Oh, the attachment to the outcome. So for me... Um, because I'm not clairsentient as I don't think it's highly clairsentient. That's why with Reiki, I don't feel everyone's pain. I don't feel because I think if, if that was my highest clair or my whatever, how you want to say it, I don't think I could do this work. So there's very, I have a boundary with that very clearly, but I too, as a Capricorn and a people pleaser, you know, I'm always like, was that a good reading? You know, I'm more, I'm harder on myself with the readings than mm-hmm. I am with the Reiki. The Reiki, I'm like, I know this works. Universal energy. I'm just the conduit. Thank you. And I have to get there a little bit for the reading. I I do beat myself up a little bit, but I don't know who said this. You'll probably know a very, you know, one of the, one of the spiritual teacher and medium, you don't become a bad, you don't become a bad reader between readings. Like, you know what I mean? No matter how many readings you do, you don't, you don't become a bad reader just between readings. Like you're just, you're still, you're still reading and you're going to have good and you're going to some bad. And you know what? Some of them are going to suck and some are going to be great. So 
it's life. So <laughs> it's so funny. And I love that. I love that. And, you know, I had to learn to not ruminate. And I tell my students too, I say, okay, now you did the reading, your, your ego and your logical mind will find every way to turn this into a shitty reading. So you need to give yourself a timeline. I say, you will think about this reading for 30 minutes and then you will forget about it and move on. And that. so that's kind of what I had to teach myself. I'd be like, Danielle, you get one hour, one hour, and then you move on to something that brings you mm-hmm. joy. Yep. And so I've had to really put boundaries and discipline around myself around that because we know how the mind works. We know how controlling the mind wants to be. And we get to choose how we carry ourselves from that moment on. So I've just yeah. kind of like been consciously trying to make these choices that shift me out of that, that super <laughs> low vibe, weird place. But I do think too, and I don't know if you feel like this, like I feel like with mediumship in particular, there's a lot of pressure on mediumship because it's so exposed now. And because there's so many amazing TV shows with amazing mediums who do amazing work. And then there's like this um, expectation, whether people believe it or not, but there is an expectation that comes into mediumship readings that's not there for other types of readings. I absolutely agree. I really do. I think when I started to actually say I was a medium, because it was like under closed, I was doing readings for a long time. And um, spirit was coming through, deceased loved one was coming through, but I would never like say I was a medium. Once I, once I claimed that and I claimed, cause it was happening more and more, I said, okay, spirit, I work for spirit. You know, just like I kind of like had that same feeling with the Reiki energy. Then I was like, oh, it's a responsibility. So I do, I feel like there is a responsibility, especially, you know, people are grieving and they want the particular person. And then you'll see, you know, Tyler Henry and, you know, Lisa Williams, and I'm naming all these people. And, you know, who would I just see the new one? Uh, John Thomas, he has a new show. And I'm like, oh, he's driving. Thomas John. Thomas John. Sorry. Did the, you see the that one, by the way? Psychic? Oh my gosh, I'm watching it on CBS, like downloading. I'm like, he drives people around in the car. He, yeah, it's called really, psychic. That's it. It was, and I'm like, oh my god, he's so good, ah, right? And I, and I, I, but I love all that. Like, I think you and I have that. Like, I do love watching that. But Me then too. that's what I, you know, people, you know. And I'm like, how do you get that? How do you get the name? And I'm like, names aren't hard. I just made them hard, right? So it's all of that. So yes, I do think there is a level of responsibility, but I think it's also my lesson and the journey to understand. And like, I love what you said, give yourself an hour, or give yourself whatever time and say, okay, now you need to move on. I'm going to use that because sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, that was great. Okay. And I'm, I go on other days. I'm like, did she really like it? I'm not, she really liked it. It's like the mean girls talking to me, you know? Yeah. So. And you know, what's funny because we have like a lot of these spiritual philosophies out there. Like you can't rely on external validation to, you know, to validate you, but the truth of the matter is a mediumship. It is all about validation. <laughs> it's yep. like, do you understand this? Evidential, it, evidential. Give me the evidential, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's hard to like turn that off because it is the, you know, post reading email or the, the review that you get that makes you know, like, okay, I made it an impact in this person's life. Like I was a clear channel for spirit this day and they felt that impact. And we, some, most often than not, we never hear from people again. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And I find that the next time they come a year or two later, it's because they feel like I'm too busy or they don't want to bother me. But I'm like, no, it's actually feels really good to yeah. um, know that, you know, you made a difference in someone's life. Cause that's why we're, we're kind of doing this. Yeah. Right. I will share just really just quickly. So, um, my daughter has had a couple of readings from different people and just this past week, she's like, mom, I want a reading. Mom, I want a reading. I know you can't give me one. So I was like, okay, you know, and I, she didn't want mediumship. She wanted strictly psychics, like strictly intuitive. Like that's what she wanted. So I said, okay. So 
she found this person and I kind of knew her and my niece, whatever. So I said, okay, I'm going to give you some good sitter rules. And she's like, what's a sitter? I'm like, you're a sitter. I said, so you're going to open your mind and you're going to listen to whatever, ever she says. And I said, and you know, I know you want intuitive. I said, but this is your guidance and, you know, try to let the person speak, you know, don't like cut them off. And I said, but just be open. I said, and if a name comes through and if it's not grandma, if it's not, and she didn't really want necessary mediumship. And she said, okay. So she came down and afterwards and she's like, it was really good. It was really good. And, and I did what she said. And she goes, a lot of times I was cutting her off, but I don't think I should cut her off. And she just said, I liked her energy. Hmm. So she goes, and I feel good. I said, you know what? That's what it is. It's not, you're not going to remember the whole thing. And I don't know if she recorded it or not. I don't know if you're going to remember the whole thing, but how you felt mm-hmm. and that you liked this person and there was a synergy there, um, that's the healing. And so I always know that readings are healings. They're not just giving message. They're not just translation. They're healing. And if I keep reminding myself of that, um, that really helps me too. So it's it's interesting. But yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. I've actually never heard it put like that, Tina. I I do talk about my Angelo's quote. You know, people won't remember what you said or what you did. They'll remember how you made them feel. Um, and that reminds me of that. And you're you're hundred percent right. That's why that's people a- keep coming back to you because I think at the end of the day, people want to feel that. And if they like you you know, and they feel that it's not, yes, they want to hear what they want to hear to some degree, but it's more of who you are. And, um, I call it the likable factor. Mm. Did you ever hear me say this? So Mm. everybody to me has a likable factor. Some people have a likable factor and some people don't. And if you have a likable factor and people like you, you can really say anything. You know, like I'm not saying we're we're not, but once you have that, like you have the likable factor. Like you have a presence that you attract people and people feel safe and people feel good and people feel like they can open up. Mm. And so people like you. And so you may not give them exactly the right name, or you might, or you might give them exactly what they want, but because they feel that energy, they're getting a healing and they'll keep coming back. And I really believe that some people have it and some people don't. And that's just the way it goes. That's my, that's my thing. That's one of the nicest compliments I've ever received. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I think we should wrap this up, girl, because we... Yeah, we could talk no, forever, I'm, which I love. I'm going to my first restaurant since, since COVID. Oh my gosh, for- please enjoy. Have a great time. I'm hoping I get to go soon too. So I miss well, you. I, I want to see you in person one day. I know we will. We'll we'll schedule a retreat down in Cali, maybe Mount Shasta or something cool. We'll do like a um, huge event and like lights and everything. <laughs> oh, well, for the Spirit School listeners, you got to go check out Tina on the Intuitive Woman podcast and her Instagram, The Intuitive Woman. She is a light and a force and she's from New York. I'm like, you got to love the oh accent. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and everybody out there in the Intuitive Woman listeners, thank you so much. Please go check out Spirit School podcast. Go check out Danielle uh, Squamish Medium on Instagram. Instagram is her jam. Do not miss her stories and all that she has to offer. And um, thank you so much, Danielle. This has been so much fun. Let's do it again. Awesome. Yes. Bye, my friend. Bye.